Welcome to Inner Journey Outer Worlds with Jen Cobbleworks, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobble Wilhoyt, and this is the very first podcast. I don't talk about Jesus much. I just keep that relationship kind of on the down low and super personal and private because I have a lot of questions for Jesus personally. And many of you know, I'm not really a person who's focused on ideology, tradition, and dogma. There's a lot that religion has to say about Jesus that I don't agree with, or I'm still asking questions about. And the one thing that my spiritual path is founded on is asking questions. It works for me, and it works for spirit, and that's what this podcast is focused on too. But I'm going to leap right to the hot button issue and go straight, straight for Jesus. Today is Ash Wednesday. Today's the beginning of Lent. So for those of you who celebrate this or have celebrated it or are curious about it, Ash Wednesday is the beginning of a 40-day season before Easter, and it's typically marked with the wearing of ash on the forehead. And we are told these words, from dust you came and from dust you shall return. You know, it's a little grim, in my opinion. I love that people are reclaiming and reframing some of this phrasing by using words like, from stardust you come and from stardust you shall return, or from earth you come and from the earth you will return. I'm actually a-okay with what I would call a death examine. You know, this very uh, a little bit morbid, meant to motivate you kind of mindset where you look back and then you look ahead and you realize there's a beginning to your life and there's going to be an end. And so what are you going to do with the middle parts, right? I mean, we can call this a bucket list too. It's basically what are you going to do with your existence? It's such a small question, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, we're using our existence to try to figure out what we're going to do with our existence. But I don't really understand why there is this tradition of focusing on our boundaried existence, why there's this focus on our mortality and the fact that our physical selves, as we understand them, are impermanent. I don't understand why this is the beginning of Lent. I, I don't get it because the whole deal with Lent marks the 40 days that Jesus was in the wilderness. And so, oh my goodness, here's where I'm just going to start to get argumentative. This is the question part of me. Spirit, get ready. <laughs> Jesus didn't go into the desert to be tested. I mean, we say that as a shorthand because it ended, the story goes, with the devil being like, hey, you know, I mean, if you're the son of God, why don't you do one, two, three, prove it to me, make yourself king of the world. 
And Jesus was like, no, because I got reasons and you don't know as much as you think you do. I'll be moving on. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? But that's basically the vibe. But he didn't go into the desert so that he could meet up with this force that wanted to mock, belittle, um, diminish, dislocate, or just infuse a bunch of doubt and constrict, right? That wasn't the point. Here's, here's like the order of events as I understand them. He bathed in the waters of life. Okay, so he has his cousin, John the Baptist. He's going to get baptized. But let's just speak about this in, in the way that, um, I don't know, makes more sense to me. Will this make sense to you? We'll find out. He goes and he kind of bathes in the waters of life. He sinks into this river, this aspect of earth, this metaphorical representation of emotion and etherealness and kind of spiritual rhythms. There's a nebulousness and a mystery that water evokes when we think of it as an element. It's the thing that um, can, can be contained by something else, but has to become very, very cold for it to be contained on, on its own. At a resting temperature, or get it really hot. It's all over the place. You can't hold water very well. So he goes and he bathes in this element, in mystery, in undercurrent, in emotion, in spirituality. He kind of walks into this space and he has this community with him, this family member with him who says, I want to give you my best. You know, I want to bless you. I want to say, um, uh, here's here's a, a gift and my hope for you as you move forward. And that sounds pretty beautiful to me. And the story goes that God, that creator, that source, spirit, love, appeared as a bird, which I also love. Isn't that so wonderful? We have all these images of God the Father, even God the Mother. These are great. But just creator bird flies down, another being of an element, the element of air. So this air elemental being, this bird, completely expressing the God face, creator face, sacred presence, comes down and says to Jesus, you're my beloved. I love you so much. You're my child. I mean... I love you. And then he gets up and he goes out for 40 days of solitude and retreat. This is a deep communion. This is deep friendship building. This is deep rapport. He's going on like a a spiritual honeymoon with himself, his body, his soul, his mind, his heart, like all these things we can expect to to believe that he he had some notion at this point that he was being called to something so like he's brimming right he's brimming with all these ideas and possibilities in this in his life this thing that he's being called to is coming over the horizon it's greeting him he's running to kind of greet it yes i'm i'm going to go out and and heal and teach about love i'm going to give people some new perspectives to think about and uh, 
And before he goes out and does this official work, this laying on of hands, this challenging power structures, this advocating for the marginalized, the invisible, the poor, the, the work of seeing and naming God in bigger and, and more hidden places than, than had been named before. Before he goes out and does all this, he's like, hold up. I'm going to go spend 40 days with my father, with my mother, with my creator, with spirit, with the bird that just came down. Me and this force, me and this force, we're going to go spend intimate, intentional, conscious, and conscientious time together. Spiritual retreat. It's like a version of getting your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. Can we imagine, right, that he was gaining more insight into who he was, what he was being called to do? He was maybe going over things that he was afraid of. I mean, I think we all kind of understand some of this process a little bit. Aren't we all in different times in our lives called towards a horizon that we know is ours to go towards? And haven't we all felt like something coming towards us in a beautiful way saying, come do this, come try this thing in life, come grow into this space and this aspect of yourself? Well, we've all experienced that. And when we're, when we're looking at that consciously, we have a lot of feelings that get stirred up. You know, there's there's doubt, there's fear, there's how-to questions. Do we have the authority? On whose permission do we do this? Is it just our own? Like there's all kinds of inner questioning and struggling and wrestling that goes on. Imagine if before we started anything that felt as big as a vocation or a calling that we began with 40 days or something close to it, of intentional, beautiful, loving communion, like a spiritual honeymoon. It's incredible. So that's how I understood that he, he does that. Bathes in the water of life, receives blessings from the earth and from the spirit, goes off into some deep soul time with his self, with, with the sacred, to build clarity, strength, stamina, whatever he needs, and then he heads out into the bold, true path that was meant for him. I mean, at the very end, some dark force shows up and tries to mess with his biz, right? I mean, right, you can imagine, right when he's building the confidence and getting really integrated and getting the kind of clear downloads from spirit really written into his heart and the fibers of his being, that's when, boom, that's when the constricting force shows up and says, hey, did you think about this, big man? That's when the, the resistance, the pushback, the temptation shows up. It shows up after the communion, right before the big expansion. We can relate to this too, right? I mean, 
I think we can all relate to this. Right when we're ready to embark on something new, right when we're ready to take a chance, right when we feel like we're embodied and emboldened and we know we're taking a risk and we don't know how it's going to turn out, but we're going to try it. We're going to go for it right before we step off the porch. Damn, if something doesn't come in and start saying, I don't know who you think you are, right? So, I mean, I love that this story models this for us. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel not like a huge freaking loser. When I experience this pushback and look at how um, like prepared he was for the pushback, like the stories don't say that Jesus um, just cold cocked this dark force in the face and they just started battling it out. The story doesn't say he got huge and and all ultimatum-y and threaten-y and was like, who do you think you're talking to? The story doesn't say that he ran and hid. I mean, he might have wanted to. I don't know. And he might have wanted to throw a punch. What he did, though, is he stood next to this voice, heard it out. He let it say all that it was going to say. And then he paused and he drew on all the integration and synthesis and communion of the last 40 days and says, no, dog, I know. I mean, I know what I'm supposed to do right now. And it's not what you're suggesting. And I'm going to go forward with my path, my path. And like the resistance comes back and he says, no, I, this isn't right for me. You know, I know it's right for me. I've just spent 40 days getting clear on this, getting strong, getting brave, getting excited, getting prepared. I am not going to do this. Resistance comes back. So, I mean, like the devil comes back in a different dress three times. I experienced that too. It's not one wave of doubt right before we embark. It's a lot of waves of doubt. It means a lot to me, this story, that um, Jesus wasn't ready to throw down in a fight. He wasn't running away. He was standing right there. He was listening to it. And he, he stood in his own sovereignty, his own experience of this deep retreat, this deep honeymoon, this deep friendship of 40 days and said, no, I'm provisioned. I'm nourished. I know what I need to do. And I'm going to go do it despite what you're trying to push back or push on to me. That's super rad. That's super helpful. That's super cool. I'm completely inspired by this. I want to develop more of that in my own life. So we're going to mark Lent a season that is all about this retreat, this honeymooning, this deep connection before we embark on something transformational, something risky, something profound, deeply personal and meaningful. Why on earth then do we start it with a with a comment of, by the way, you know, you're going to die. I, I don't get that. Um, 
I don't get it. I do get the notion of mark me with stardust, mark me with earth, mark me with a reminder of the universe that I belong to. It seems to me like retreat and communion of this spiritual kind and a journey that is going to require this much communion in advance in order to really take off onto. It strikes me that something this big, if if we're getting ready to journey into something this big, like our life's calling or what we think might be our life's calling, that if we're going to consider that before we start this journey, we're going to retreat and have this deep connective time with ourselves and spirit that we need to have a horizon as big as the universe and the galaxies. We, we need to be thinking huge and being, and, and being reminded of, of stardust, that there's a world out there that's massive and we're, we're just a part of it. And it seems like we would also need to be reminded of the earth that grounds us, that holds us. So the soil, the humus, right? The stuff that collects what what dies and turns it into a rich, dark matter that brings forth life. It would seem like we would need to be reminded of that. So I get the idea of marking ourselves with some dirty, dusty substance. Uh, We would need big visions and deep roots, right? Mark me, mark all of us with cosmic dust and earthly dirt. Remind me, remind all of us that we are made of the same stuff, both the starlight and the earth, but we are each incarnated differently. The star becomes the star, the comet becomes the comet, the earth becomes the tree, the rock, the soil, and we're this being that's in between these two realities, and we're of the same molecular signature as all this cosmic dirt and dust and all this earthly dirt and dust, and yet our incarnation is as a human and a unique human at that. So remind me of that. Remind all of us of what's possible, what's overhead, what's spinning around us that's infinite like the galaxy. Remind me where we might be headed. Remind me where I stand and where we all stand and what is rooting us safely, what's giving us gravity and a a ground Tell me to look up, tell me to look down as I journey, as we journey. I get it. Grab a bin of dust, call it stardust and earth, mark me with it. But I don't see why it's important to be pointing out mortality right now at the beginning. It seems like 
if we're on the precipice of a journey that feels like a life transformation, (laughs) where we're going to go out into the world vulnerable and human and take a shot and take a chance on something or live into our true self, are we not already aware that that's scary as hell and full of risk? Of course we are aware of that. We already know about our mortality at this point. That is part of the gentle, soft place that the constricting, diminishing voice gains entry to us. I, uh, I just find the from dust to dust at the beginning of a retreat and communion and the and then the beginning of a long transformational vocational calling and journey kind of fatalistic oh we already have a good friday coming up oh we already have the voice of resistance telling us that this could not work out tell me of the stars tell me i belong there tell me you belong there Tell me of the earth. Tell me I belong there. Tell me you belong there. Give me a place. Don't, don't give me the bounds of, of my existence. Give me the bounds and the, and the expanse and the space of the possibility my life could inhabit. That's what I want to be marked with on Ash Wednesday. I mean, okay, I'm going to spend the next 40 days like rumbling and grumbling about this with uh, my own soul and spirit. We'll see what kicks up, you know? I mean, these are my questions right now. I don't know if this resonates with you. One thing that I think is super cool that I'll share, just expanding into some stories and some traditions and some imagery outside of uh, Christianity, I just love the overlap that can happen personally for me, um, spirits like, Hey, you didn't connect with me in this. I'm trying connecting me with me over here. So, I mean, I, I, anyway, that resonates with me and I think it's super cool. So for all of us in the Northern hemisphere, here's a big overlap with this idea of retreat and communion before we embark on something big and expansive that is life-giving and totally risky and very vulnerable. And that is that we're still in winter. We're, we are still in winter. Spring is not here. We are still doing underground work. We are not yet emerging into the new life that exists on the surface of things. Uh, the calendar, you know, hits January 1 and we call it the, the new year. But energetically, seasonally for me, I don't know about you, but my new year starts around March, around spring, energetically. That's when I'm surfacing, just like more the plants and and more the animals are. Up until this point, I am still synthesizing the winter. I am still in a place of retreat, a place of communion with myself, with my own soul, with my mind, my body, my feelings, and with the sacred. This is um, a deep communion time with me where I'm trying to listen very clearly to my humanity and and to spirits ongoing invitations and 
um, I love that, at least for the Northern Hemisphere, we have this reminder that it's normal to be in retreat right now, into deep communion. This is the season for it. Winter. There's all kinds of stuff going on under the surface. Just like, you know, Jesus and God, they're up to all kinds of stuff. They're private stuff. Okay, they're having private combos. They're working through things. But he's not out and about yet. We're not out and about yet. The flowers aren't totally out and about yet. We aren't either. We're under the earth. We are wintering. You know, it makes me think of Persephone and Demeter too. Persephone is still beneath the surface right now. This is one of my favorite myths, by the way, so I will be talking about Persephone and Demeter quite a bit going forward. The pre-Hellenistic and post-Hellenistic view of this story, all of the different ways you can see it, much less the musical. Oh my goodness, I love it. But regardless of whether you're looking at this pre-Hellenistically or post-Hellenistically and, and, uh, and whether you believe she was coerced or violently uh, brought into the underworld, or whether she, you know, willingly went down there because hell has better bands and um, Hades probably drives a motorcycle that her mother doesn't approve of, or anything in between. The fact is, in our folklore and our storytelling, at least from the West, we have this reminder that there has not been a reunion between Persephone and Demeter. The outside world and the underworld don't have their go-between right now. Persephone, who goes in between these realms, the surface and the deep, she's still very much in the deep right now. She's beginning to surface. And then she will be reunited with the surface and her mother and the community and the things that grow. But right now, she's still down having an underworld journey. And we are too. Lent is an underworld journey. But it doesn't mean it's necessarily one of nothing but raw temptation and evil doings. It's... uh, It's a profound inner cocooning communion. And like I said before, by rights, it could be a honeymoon. I don't know a ton about astrology. I have some friends who know a lot more about it. I love hearing their take on things. They have been reminding me, this is Pisces season. So according to the Western astrology calendar, you know, there's 12 signs of the zodiac. Pisces is also the end. It's the end. Aries is next, and that's where we mark a beginning. It's a little bit closer to spring. So in the tradition of astrology, Western astrology, we have this season that we're, we're in, the cosmic story of where we are as a cosmos, is that we're wrapping things up. We're in the waters, the ethereal waters of what we have experienced, what we're learning, what we're coalescing, synthesizing, learning. And then in the spring, we kind of emerge with these spiritual and insightful lessons. And we start afresh in a whole new cycle, a whole new cosmic storybook, so to speak. So 
again, more overlap with retreat, withdraw, underground, communion, honeymoon, connection, before the actual journey and work takes place. I think maybe that's all I need and want to say on this. Um, I want to make very clear, I should have said this in the beginning, I in no way disrespect or have a bone to pick with any one of you who are wearing ashes today or who are feeling nourished and provisioned by the language of from dust we come and from dust we will return. Next year, I may be in your ranks. In past years, I have been in your ranks. Thank you for making that a community and a a space in terms of tradition that I can join and leave as my own soul questions and rhythms wax and wane. I bow in honor and respect to these traditions. They are meaningful. And they will circle back to me and ask me different questions in the future. This year, the question, though, that I'm holding and that I'm feeling is why the image of death and mortality and dust and abandonment and that which seems forgotten in some old kind of creepy house on the corner, why that image and reminder of my mortality and all that could go wrong and all that will end right at the beginning of the communion and the retreat and the honeymoon and the underground joining together as a, that that is a season that's meant to strengthen and provide clarity before the actual transformational journey and work takes place. That's my, that's my soul question right now. Why? And actually, that it, I'm not telling you the truth. My question is not why. Because um, what my soul is really saying is what I need is retreat and communion and honeymoon and to stay in the wintering underground of Persephone and the bulbs and the roots in the cold earth. I need to be in the wilderness, in the forest, with my creator, with spirit, with my holy mother, with my divine father. I need this retreat And I need this retreat to start with markings and affirmations of stardust and earth, of the places that expand me and ground me. That's what I need right now. 
Because for me, I will be very honest and personal with you. My voice will crack because this is really tender for me to say. I've spent a lot of my life uh, kind of practicing for loss and death and experiencing separation and grief in different ways. The reminder this year that I will lose this earthly life and pass from this earthly being is something that I'm familiar enough with that it's becoming the temptation, the resistance before my journey begins. I'm starting to get tripped up in that story of death before I can even go out and go live. live. So I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit, for being so big and running so deep that you can welcome me as I need to be welcomed this Ash Wednesday, which is not with a reminder, humble and important as it is, that I'm going to pass from this earth, but a reminder that also I have a life to live. I have a precious life to live, and I can embark on the horizon that's calling to me. You can embark on the horizon that's calling to you. You can greet and I can greet what is coming over the horizon that is uniquely ours, arms outstretched, smiles, embrace. We can greet our path and our life and our transformation, our vocation and our soul calling this way. We can take a wintering time, a communion time in advance of this transformational journey. And that wintering retreat, honeymoon season in the wilderness can get kicked off by stardust and earth. I trust it is safe for you to hold the tradition of dust and language of dust, if that's what resonates with you. And it is safe for me this year, right now, to hold the tradition of stardust and earth. I do believe spirit speaks through all things. I am overjoyed and excited and in awe all the time of the diversity, not just within humanity, but within every bit of creation I've run into. And it feels to me down deep inside What a loving, hospitable invitation it is to know that I can enter Ash Wednesday the way I need to enter it, and everyone else can enter it in whatever way they need to enter it, including tossing off Ash Wednesday altogether and just saying the whole thing, it doesn't vibe with me this year. In no way, in my experience, does that actually diminish you or spirit? Wherever your question is, 
wherever you're seeking an opening, wherever you are feeling an outreach from the world, from yourself, from spirit saying, take my hand, regardless of how that shows up, regardless of how it looks compared to other people's invitations. I offer you my hope and prayer and love that you take that hand in that embrace, no matter how different it seems. The world is calling uniquely to you. Spirit is calling uniquely to you. And there is a universe that you inhabit that's all your own and it's precious and meaningful and profound and important. So don't let me ever tell you that you should stray from your path. And thanks a lot for listening to how I'm wondering and wandering on my path. I wonder if you see yourself in similar places as I'm finding myself right now. All right, the dust in me, the cosmic dust in me, the earth in me, honors and sees the dust in you, the cosmic dust in you, and the earth in you. Here is to a wonderful honeymoon, wintering season of retreat that will form us all in our unique ways for what we are called to and dreaming about. Take good care, friends. Hey friends, I am new to this podcasting thing, and if you liked or loved the podcast episode you just heard, I would like it and love it if you would share it with a friend. Thank you so much. If you want to know more about me and the work that I do, read some of my existential comics, see some of my art, or generally get a vibe of what I'm about, you can check me at Jen cobbleworks.com j-e-n-c-o-b-b-l-e-w-o-r-k-s.com you can find me on instagram at cobbleworks and you can just email me old school way jen at jen thanks again see you in a couple weeks